Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, it's great today, we're having a bit of a chat um, with a local auctioneer in Brisbane, Justin Nickerson from Apollo Auctions. Welcome Justin. Thanks for having me, team. Yeah, welcome back. Um, it was a few months ago in the height of the 2021 frenzy, I think, that we last spoke with you. And I think the conversation uh, might turn around a little bit in this update. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are really interested to know what's actually happening out on the ground. And I don't think that there's anyone better to provide a, an overview um, outside of what we do than an auctioneer who's seeing it every single weekend. Um, you're at the face of the demand and and you can see exactly what buyers are doing and also you know you've got an understanding of some seller sentiment as well so we're going to sort of take a deep dive into some of that today and get an update in terms of what changes you've seen um, from from your stance and also just to get an understanding of you know where you think we're heading um, especially after the flood event as well so justin last time we spoke you were obviously full of data and information which melinda loves as you know and you two, you two threw numbers at each other all the time. Um, one other thing I do notice um, when we catch up as well is, is your humour um, and your jokes during your auctions. How, how's that been post-floods to put a smile on people's faces? Are you still, you're still doing that on your job? Trying, trying our best. Um, I definitely steer away from anything flood-related. Uh, there's yep. a few topics you don't touch, and that's certainly one of them. Uh, but I think we always think that humour is a really integral part of, of an auction to you know, break the tension, particularly at the start. It is a very tense uh, time. It's tense time for the seller. It's, it's definitely a tense time for the agent, but certainly for the buyers, you know, venturing into the unknown because they've got less control than, than anyone. So um, if we can bring some humour while still you know, making sure that we're professional and, and doing all the things that we need to do, then, um, then by all means, we, we try and do that if and when we can. Yeah, and I think that, you know, let's not forget the tragedy that a lot of people have gone through and, um, you know, there's no joking around um, given some of the devastation across the city. Um, but it is always nice to see when the sun is shining and buyers are back out uh, because there are so many properties in Brisbane that didn't have any impact from the flood event. Um, and, of course, you know, real estate transactions must go on. There's still people that need to still, there's still buyers that need to buy. So, you know, we just keep doing what we need to do to, to help you know, buyers and sellers um, meet in the middle. Now, in your role, obviously, you would see the shift in buyer confidence um, in real time through uh, bidding activity at auctions. Now, since we last spoke, can you just provide a summary of what you have observed in the latter part of 2021 and then, you know, over the first couple of months of this year and then any impact since the floods? Yeah, well, 2021 feels like a long time ago now. It's amazing how quickly our market does does change and move. And I think, look, unquestionably, the market was stronger through 2021, really all the way through than, than it is presently. Uh, but I do think that it's not, we're not talking great to dreadful. We're talking probably great to very good. Um, and a lot of our key markers that we look at are still well, well, well up on the averages we'd expect in, in southeast Queensland. Um, I just think it feels worse because of what we what we did experience last year. It's interesting though the resilience of our market has continued. You know the the, the effect of COVID was was it actually accelerated our market. You know, this year there's a number of things that that potentially could spook buyers. We've got interest rates that may rise. Um, you know we have instability in Europe. We have an election year. Uh, we have the floods that have occurred, but our market still really continued on um, and soldiered on with with remarkable strength. And although buyers' confidence may have waned slightly, 
I think again we're talking you know minuscule percentages rather than than huge dramatic swings. The one thing that we have noticed is that the sellers' expectations are the ones that have probably uh, blocked transactions in a lot of cases. So sellers, you know, refusing to accept that the market wasn't or isn't what it was uh, later twenty twenty one, and that's you know the the refusal to accept that has has blocked them transacting on their property, which is their right. You know, they own it; they can they can hold out for as long as they like. Um, but assuming they're coming to the market to to transact, that's being a barrier to that in some cases. Yeah, that's interesting because obviously 2021 was a market like we haven't seen um, in Brisbane. Uh, the number of buyers outweighed the number of sellers in some instances by 20 or 30 uh, to one. And, you know, you would have experienced that by the number of people that were registered um you know, to bid at auction. Some of the auctions that we attended had over 30 registered bidders throughout 2021. Um, we have still seen evidence of that um, early this year, but um, I think that as the, the year moves on, potentially we'll see less of that. Um, I think also you mentioned that the market's gone from great to very good. In terms of uh, bidder registrations, what have you found that how have those numbers shifted um, from late last year to, to where we are now? Yeah, they've, they've, they've shifted quite dramatically. So late last year, we were looking at sort of eight or just over eight on average registered bidders per auction, which is an extraordinary number. And it's it's not normality by any stretch. Um, this year, it's almost half. So it's back to, to just over four. And it's sort of swung between four and five on kind of alternating weeks. But the thing that we've noticed is, although the quantity has dropped, the quality necessarily hasn't. So last year, out of that eight, we probably had two or three really strong contenders. This year out of the four, we've still got, well, we still have two very strong contenders. It's the ones on the fringe that have probably dropped off. Either they've decided they're waiting for the market to cool down, uh, they've realised that things are out of their price point, whatever whatever factors have gone into it, but that quality buyer is still there and still wanting to buy property. And in most cases, they're still short on choice. So that's the other thing that's, that's continued to underpin everything is, you know, listing numbers are still relatively low. Uh, so buyers don't have a, a large amount of choice in a lot of suburbs. They're really having to settle for what's on the market now or waiting, but the, the disadvantage of waiting is obviously at the mercy of the market if that happens. So what would have it been, you said eight in last year, four this year. Previous to that, what was before the eight, what were we in sort of 2020-ish? I mean, do you know what those sort of numbers were? Yeah, look, we're, normality for us was around three. So, yeah. you know, three registered bidders, maybe slightly under, maybe slightly over if you had a big week uh, of bidders, you know, but three was was normality. So even now we're batting, you know, one and a half times what we considered normality back then. And I think if you examine clearance rates, clearance rates are a great one to look at as well. You know, average clearance rates in Southeast Queensland, you're sort of talking mid 40s percent was was normality. If we had a week of 55 percent, you know, we were, we were cheering um, last year, we all became accustomed to 85% clearance rates, which again, just aren't normal mm. or sustainable. This year, it's come back. It's in the early 70s, which is still extraordinarily strong. But because of last year, it feels weaker than, than certainly what it is. And I think that's it. It's just the, the feeling and the perception of, oh, gosh, it's slowing because we were all so used to the pace of the market being completely um, you know, out of control almost. And um, I think it became quite frantic and we saw that not only in the number of people that were out inspecting properties, the number of people registering to bid at auctions, um, the frenzy that was created at auctions, but we also saw that 
um, just in the, the speed of the market when, you know, properties were listed by private treaty, it would sell literally after the very first inspection as well. You mentioned low stock and that's become um, an issue and, and remains an issue across Brisbane. And in fact, I think CoreLogic is still reporting that we're still down just over 30% on our five-year average for total listing volumes. Um, the effect of the last flood in 2011 was that listing volumes, you know, declined further because people were a little bit nervous um, and that potentially is is something that we could see again while some parts of the market um, you know just people potentially won't sell until the, the threat of the impact of the floods has passed in terms of you know that nervousness from the seller are you finding that um, the conversations you're having with agents some sellers are holding off um, because of the impact of the floods and they're waiting until people have recovered from, you know, the, the stress and the, the overall concern about market sentiment? Look, not really. I think we we noticed any any auctions that push back um, because of the floods, you know, they've, they've come back. And the only reason they pushed back was because they needed to clean out the garage or rig the landscaping or like physical impacts that happened to their property. Um, in terms of people out of market sentiment hanging back, it really, it really hasn't happened um, at all. And we thought, you know, I thought the Monday after the floods or Tuesday, we were going to come back to all these cancellations and the inbox before them. We only had a, had a couple or a handful. Uh, and again, our properties that were, were sort of directly affected. So again, I just think it speaks to that resilience. And I think if, you know, on a, on a wider level of COVID has taught us anything, it's taught us to be adaptable and yeah. we're just adapting. You know, the market conditions are the market conditions that, you know, yeah, sure. Is there ever going to be a perfect time to sell? Maybe 2021 was the perfect time. The only problem with the perfect time only becomes clear as the perfect time in hindsight after it's passed. There would have been a lot of sellers who sat back last year, knew the market was red hot, but figured it was going to last for two years. So then they thought they'd come to the market this year when the market was superior. So I think um, I think people are just now sort of, if they're ready to go, they're getting on with it. Uh, other than that, they're, they're sort of, um, you know, picking a strategic time that works for their life circumstances to do it. And what part of part of the market when, when you're talking about registrations and people looking at the, at the properties and auctions? What part of the market have you seen probably slow down or change the most recently? Is that is it the top end or that middle section? Uh, I think it's probably the it's probably an even spread across the board. We haven't noticed one particular price bracket really be impacted. Um, I think maybe that if we had to pick one, it may be that second home, which is usually that kind of like I guess early to mid ones or mid to late ones, something in there that that's where the the kind of real numbers have dropped off. But it's more because the people who are selling their first home either haven't sold or haven't got the price they wanted, which has affected you know that next flow on effect. But it's been pretty what pretty um, evenly spread. I wouldn't say there's one particular one that's really copped an absolute hammering. For example, they've all kind of been pretty pretty steady as she goes. And in terms of sales expectations, um, you know, you talked about the vendor expectations still shifting at a faster pace potentially than the market itself. And this is always something that can happen when we're in a, you know, rapidly appreciating market because once the media, you know, spread the word that Brisbane prices have gone up 3% this month, 2% this month, um, you know, sellers get excited thinking how much their property might be worth. And of course, you know, it's we're in a listing environment where it's pretty tough for sales agents to get listings so you know in those sales presentations the some promises that are being made um, may be in line with the market others may be ahead of the market just to you know win a listing how are you finding um, the 
experience of buyers at auction when it comes to negotiation because obviously last year there was no requirement for negotiation at auction this year uh, we're moving back as you mentioned earlier into a position where you know you've still got some um, differentiation between seller's expectation and where the bidding may halt Um, that process obviously of negotiation when you've got an experienced auctioneer like yourself an experienced sales agent representing a seller and an inexperienced buyer. We've seen some buyers shift tens of thousands of dollars in the absence of competition to, to reach that that purchase price. What advice do you give to buyers? And I know that's not typically the advice that you'd be giving, but what advice do you give to buyers in that instance who are finding themselves as the top bidder, but not quite at the reserve price and therefore enter, entering negotiations? Yeah, I think... Um... I think the biggest one is don't let your ego get in the way of securing a property. You know, people people who want to win every transaction, you know, sometimes can bring themselves unstuck because they actually get away from their core purpose, which is they, they want to buy the home. Um, you know, at the other end of the transaction, you've got a seller who wants to get as much as they can. The buyer would like to buy it for as cheaply as possible. And the truth sits somewhere in the middle of those two. You know, even if you win the transaction, you don't have to win at 40 love. You know, you can you can have a win and you can let the seller have a win uh, at the same point in time. We say this to sellers all the time. Always, you don't have to decimate your competition to win because if you try and do that, it becomes quite difficult. So I think, you know, in negotiation, you've got to be willing to, to negotiate. If, if you're not willing to negotiate, there's no oxygen for the negotiation, so it's not going to last very long. It's just going to, it's just going to end. Both parties want to deal with someone who's reasonable on, on the other end of that, of that transaction. So, you know, we hear from buyers all the time. We take them into a room and we say, "Hey, great news! You've got in this fortuitous position. Let's let's try and get to a position that they say, oh, we're not going to bid on ourselves.'" And you're like, "Well, you're not bidding on yourself. What you're doing is there's two battles here. Number one is to beat your competition. Number two is to satisfy the owner." And you've got to do both of those battles, whether it's an auction, whether it's a private treaty, whether it's a tender, whether it's anything, those two battles always exist. So you might have won the first battle, but you haven't won the war yet because you need to win the second one also. Um, And rightly or wrongly, and you can like it and not like it as much as you like, the seller is the one who owns the property. So they have the final say, not not the buyer. Um, Buyers are pretty quick at the moment to tell us that it's a buyer's market. I can assure you categorically it's not. Uh, It's just less of a seller's market than it was last year. Um, but it, you it's know, they're very you quick to jump on that bandwagon. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's interesting when you talk about that, that, Justin. And we've been in a room with you several times to have those little chats. Um, and I probably look at it in in, in like you've just explained. Um, there's so many properties these days in the current market in the last twelve months that have gone to multi-offer, and yep. you don't get to negotiate. No. Whereas to go into that room, as you've said, with you and get told that you're close and you're actually in an opportunity to negotiate. Now, that's I right. think that's a good thing because you've actually got the owner there. You want to talk. We want to buy. They want to sell. Let's try and work it out together. And as you say, you don't have to win at 40, love. You've only just got to get across the line. And if they're happy to sell it to you and you're happy to buy, then to me, that's it a is. good thing. Yep. I had a funny one a couple of weeks ago where I had a Saturday and I had 14 auctions on the Saturday. We'd sold 13 from 14 on the Saturday, had an auction on the Sunday morning, went into a negotiate with the buyer and the buyer said, before you start saying anything, I want you to know, I understand that this market has changed. It's no longer a seller's market. It's a buyer's market. You know, everything's changed. Just rates are going up. Clearance rates are coming down. I said, well, my first-hand experience yesterday for the 14 auctions that I personally did, we sold 13 of them. So 
I feel like if that had if that has happened, it's changed yesterday, um, and you may need to adapt your line of thinking. And it's just up to the buyers whether they're willing to do that. And what we speak about the willingness, the willingness has got to be on both sides. The buyers have to be willing to work with you, but so does the owner. You know, when we talk about being able to negotiate, we also put the onus on the owners to say, hey, if you want to transact, you've got to be willing to to talk to these buyers and work with them. Um, like we said before, you don't have to win the game 40 love. You can get to a juice game and just crawl across the line and both parties feel like they've had a bit of a win. That's okay. We still want the same core objective, which is which is the property to sell. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always it's always interesting when you walk inside that that room for the first time with the buyers and, and sort of that first 30 seconds really sets the tone for what the negotiation is going to be like. Um, you know, there's a few lines that we hear frequently that get said to us that are a pretty big red flag, that it's going to be pretty hard work. Uh, other times buyers are really willing to work with you because they want to buy the property and they're unashamed in their thing. You know, you wanting to buy the property is not a weakness. It's actually a strength because I can walk inside to the owner and say, these buyers really want to buy it. Let's work with them rather than you telling me everything that's wrong with the market, the property, the agent, the auctioneer um, and, uh, and the owner, I guess, in that instance as well. I think that's really, really clever advice because a lot of people do take a defensive stance yeah. in that sort of negotiation process and um, then that everybody's on their back foot right from the start and negotiations are about progressing forward, not backwards. So that's excellent advice and I think that any um, people listening to this podcast um, that are looking to bid at auction, um, keep that in mind if you find yourself at that point where you are you know, negotiating with the agent and the auctioneer. One thing I will say also is that if you do find yourself, um, you know, digging your heels in, it just because a property passes in does not mean that it's not worth the amount that the seller might be willing mm. to um, accept and waiting to accept because some people cannot bid at auction uh, because they don't have the auction terms. They might not have the finance already in place and they do require conditions on a contract. So there's always conditional buyers sitting, yeah. you know, outside. You can't see conditional buyers when you're standing and bidding at auction. All you can see are your unconditional comp competitors. Um, and so I think for any buyers that have the opportunity to negotiate, if it works in your favour at auction, the deal is done, the sale is over, the home has been purchased. Alternatively, all of the conditional buyers have the opportunity to come in because Queensland, there's no exclusive right if you're yeah. the highest bidder to enter negotiations. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we do it during the auction. We afford that that right during the auction rather than having to do it after because uh, it doesn't exist in legislation. And I think, you know, what, what you said there is is just so true. Um, you know, we we want to work on the outcome of, of getting the property sold to the to the buyers. Um, and we ask the buyers to, to be reasonable. You know, we, we hear from buyers tell us all the time, you know, the oldest cliche in the world is it's only worth what someone's prepared to pay. You know, that's that's all well and good, but if you're only paying this level and then on Monday someone pays that level with conditions, that makes the property worth the new level, not your level. Um, and the same with owners. We say to owners who say to us, well, the one down the road sold for X, therefore ours is worth Y. You say, well, that the buyer who paid X is gone, so it's actually not worth that anymore if it came back to the market because that buyer is now extinguished and out of the market. And also to the fact if that property had sold significantly lower, would you be basing a price on that sale? You wouldn't be because you want you want information that suits that suits your narrative. But look, most people are pretty reasonable. I don't I don't want to come off negative that it's you know you're always banging your head against a wall because most people are really you know really um really positive and they they do try and get it. Um, one of my favourite things though is that you go in there and they want to spend ten minutes telling you about you know uh, every price they won't pay. Um, and we just say, look, we can spend all, all afternoon talking about what price you won't pay. Just tell us what price you will pay. Yeah. Uh, and that'll give us something to go forward with the owners there. But 
Um, everyone's got their own negotiation strategy, I think. And um, yeah, being reasonable and being willing to work with people on both sides is is no doubt the um, the best and easiest and and less um, difficult way to try and secure the property that you've you've spent a month talking about. You've mentally moved in, you've measured it, you've bought your relatives there. You know, don't act like you don't want to buy it. We know that you've done six inspections and four offers and two valuations and three building and pests, and you've got a buyer's agent there on your behalf. We know that you want it. The seller wants to sell it to you. Let's just try and get it to an agreement. Yeah, and and as you as we keep going back on, and if it goes back to the market, back to negotiation or if they negotiate with others away from the auction, again, you've lost that opportunity to negotiate. Um, yep. And then if you miss out, as you guys always say, you're back to shopping on realestate.com, which is not much fun at the moment. <laughs> no, it's one of the favourite lines. I think most auctioneers use that one, back to realestate.com, back to open homes, back to auctions, back to real estate agents. Yeah. Uh, I won't exclude myself out of that group. So, <laughs> We, you know, we, we've been through this process. I, we bought a property in late last year and, and um, you know, you, you do, you switch from auctioneer to buyer mode and a lot of the, the frustrations that buyers go through, you experience firsthand and, and you realise how painful it is. The one thing I will say is being through it is multiple offers is a horrible, horrible way to buy a property. Okay. Um, transparency, there's no direct line to the owners, there's nothing. I would, I would rather bid at auction, and I know I'm biased because I'm an auctioneer, but I'd rather bid at auction 100 times out of 100 than enter into into a multiple offers negotiation. And realistically, in this market, they're the only two ways you're going to buy it. You know, I think every every buyer's dream scenario is that they have no competition. The agent walks up to them and says, if you pay X, you'll own it, uh, and they can make you know 24 hours to have a decision with no outside. It just doesn't happen. You know, It's either going to be auction or it's going to be multiple offers, and I know which one I'd, I'd rather be riding on. And, you know, you know, we share the same sentiment uh, when we're representing our buyers um, and sometimes they say, oh, if we go in at this price, do you think we can negotiate? Look, we keep um, reinforcing the message. There is no negotiation in Brisbane when it's a private treaty sale right now because there's always more than one buyer on a property. And if you are looking at a property where you are able to negotiate because no one else is looking at that property, then have a think about why that might be. Is that the right type of property if there's no demand on that property i'd be um having a, a good hard look at what the problem might be um justin i just want to talk about the uncertainty of the future you mentioned a couple of things there's international unrest of course we understand that there's the risk of um rising inflation and obviously that's going to put pressure on interest rates um we've also got a pending you know an election year coming up as well and we know when there's um, big events like this, it can create some uncertainty in the market. Um, based on what you've already observed this year, I know you're not an economist, but how do you see this impacting the market, especially in Brisbane? Because I think there's a lot of commentary around um, the Australian property market. And we all know that there's not one property market, uh, but just based on what you've seen in Brisbane and the real-time demand on the ground in Brisbane, how do you see this playing out? Well, I'll preframe what I'm going to say by saying that I definitely don't have the answer. And if I had the answer, I'd, I'd be in a much, much, much more important job than the one that <laughs> I do. Um, look, I, I really keep going back to when we were in March 2020, you know, and I, I write in a journal most days and I, I went I went back and, and read about that that period of March 2020. And, it, you know, we're talking really two years ago, bang on the dot, yeah. when really started to come down and I remember there was a morning and, and I went down to a local coffee shop that I usually went to and and they had said oh look we're you know we're going to do takeaways and, and it's you know we're not sure what's going to happen and and that and then I looked across the road and there was a um, catering company that had, that had closed 
the mechanics next door had closed. Um, there was another one across the road. I can't remember what their business was. It might have been some sort of um, uh, like tri suits or athletes or, or bikes or something like that. That that had closed, and I that sort of dawned on me that hey, this like this is a life changing thing that we're about to go through. This this is absolutely uncharted waters, and we've all got an answer for everything. But I, I generally don't have an answer for what's going to happen ahead. And, and my the thing that I kept going back to was this: this can't be good. I can't see a scenario where this is going to make our market better. It's going to obviously flatten things for for a long extended period of time. And off the back of that, we had the most extraordinary eighteen months and market that I have ever seen, like ever seen. So I keep going back to that and thinking if if a worldwide pandemic where people couldn't leave their houses, people lost their jobs, people were on government support, didn't flatten our market, why would any of this stuff that we've navigated previously flatten our market? Now, the, the, the exception to that is the instability in Europe. Obviously, if there's a war that happens, you know, short of people who've been around in World War II times, they can speak on authority. I, I certainly can't. You probably can, Scott. But um, <laughs> That's a dig. Thanks, <laughs> Um, you know, all the other things that, that we, we think about, elections, we've been through elections every three years. It feels like the way our prime ministers change, it's every year. It's an annual change in prime minister anyway. State elections in between that. Um, the floods, we've even got a, a blueprint for that in 2011 that we've been through that. Interest rates rising, we've been through that. Interest rates have hit 18% before and we're, we're at, what, 2% at the moment. There's plenty of, plenty of room to move there. I don't think any of that is going to flatten the market. If anything, we might have a lag period where the market softens for a brief period of time where growth is slightly incremental rather than aggressive like it was last year. But I just think that we've we've navigated the hardest part and the things that traditionally would spook buyers, I don't think are going to spook them anymore uh, or sellers for that matter because we've been through something that no one saw coming, no one had ever navigated before. We've come through the back part. Um, and for the most part, you know, where our market's been good and okay. Yeah. Um, one one rider I'll put on that is is we have noticed that the market in New Zealand has has slowed down, and the New Zealand market has been phenomenal. Particularly Auckland has been phenomenal for for the better part of a decade. And the rule the rule of thumb that we used to talk about was that we follow the New Zealand or the Auckland market by a couple of years. Um, now whether that rings true or not still remains to be seen. Uh, but that's the only thing that would would maybe maybe think okay well maybe maybe there might be some slight challenges ahead. But I think we're going to see as it is now for for an extended period of time. So no doomsday um, headline predictions. And I know there's some people that um, in the week after the floods, I started to see some headlines around the doomsday, you know, property markets will crash because of this um, event. Now, of course, fundamentals is what drives property values, the balance between supply and demand. And I think what you've highlighted there is that we've become a more resilient population. We've been through this pandemic. Um, we've lived in times where interest rates have been higher um, even we know anyone that has recently applied for a loan has been assessed at a, a much higher interest rate because that's how loans are assessed these days. So I share your sentiment. No one can predict the future. Um, however, you know, what we've been talking about in recent weeks through periods of uncertainty um, is for buyers to focus on fundamentals and ultimately have a look at what's happening out on the ground. Um, you've highlighted today that the market has moved from a position of great strength to very good strength. Um, and even in the numbers that you've shared with us around the average number of bidders that are registering here in Brisbane for auctions, um, we're still above the long-term average based on the numbers that you collect as an auctioneer on, on the ground. And I think that's an indication um, of the direction of the market. And as soon as we start hitting those averages, perhaps we can see sideways movement. 
um, or falling below those averages, perhaps we can expect some price retraction. But there's no sign of that in the numbers that you're seeing at the moment. No, definitely not. And two things I'll say around that. One is that I think we've become a more resilient population, no doubt, but more adaptable as well. Like, yeah, you know, we're doing this conversation via an online platform. I guarantee if it was three years ago, we would have think we would have felt like we had to meet in person and record it in person. Yeah, you know, the amount of online training and online auctions we've done, uh, where people have just adapted to it. That's just been how it's gone. We had one a few weeks ago uh, on the eve of the floods on the Friday night, where we, on the space of two hours, had to move an auction from on site to purely online you know i was at my residence everyone was was individually and we sold it and there's no dramas at all and that three years ago would have been a ginormous thing to try and pull together people would have got scared you know don't don't trust this don't trust that we've just changed the other thing i think i'll say to, under, to underscore or highlight your point is that saying the property market's going to crash sells newspapers saying the property market sells newspapers uh saying that we forecast long and steady incremental growth sells no newspapers at all so Very boring headline isn't it, it? it, yeah. it really is. so, <laughs> sorry i can't give you a good clickbait headline for today um it says market crash ahead or something but it's just it's just my genuine genuine thoughts is i think we're going to see steady as she goes for a while and, and we'll just adapt to this being the new normality until something changes how often are your auctions at the moment, Justin? You, previously, I guess years gone by, it was probably a Saturday auction, maybe a midweek auction. What, what are you doing at the moment? What's the sort of standard, Saturdays, Sundays? Yeah, mate, it's wrecked havoc. I used to have Ellen on Monday, Mondays, Days of Our Lives on Tuesday, Bold and Beautiful Wednesday. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's wrecked up. I think the big change, Scott, has been it's just auctions every day of the week now. So the only day I don't conduct auctions is Monday. Um, that's it's my day off and I'm on daddy daycare on Monday my wife yep. goes to work and I look after our 18 month old which is actually harder a lot harder than calling auctions I can tell you that <laughs> um, but so this week as an example uh, Tuesday morning I had commercial auctions uh, Tuesday afternoon we had residential on Tuesday night residential auctions Wednesday morning commercial auctions uh, Wednesday afternoon um, residential Wednesday night residential auctions Thursday morning um, residential auction then commercial auction and then yesterday afternoon I was on the Sunshine Coast calling four auctions up there today which is a Friday as we record this uh, on the Gold Coast do auctions all day on the Gold Coast on Fridays uh, Saturdays in Brisbane Sundays back on the Gold Coast and then uh, rinse and repeat again so yeah it's it's a like it's a big um, it's a big workload from a from a time point of view, but realistically, that's you know that's the price I pay to do my job, and I'm I'm very lucky that my job is not one that's you know dangerous. It's not physically demanding. That's just the the um, the slight drawback to it. Um, and outside of interfering with my daytime TV schedule, it's it's pretty good. So, so being that busy in the the industry, it is. What would you what would Melinda saying to be to that? Make hay while the sun shines. Make hay while the sun shines. Yep, that's right. Um, I uh, yeah, definitely right. And I think the last eighteen months has been very much that. You know, the volumes that we've had to, we've all had as auctioneers to to um to deal with has been something that we probably didn't anticipate. Um, you know, and there's a balance to that. I, I'm very lucky that you know my my wife carries a very big load in terms of looking after our daughter, and and that's the that's the balance that. that I need to hit as an individual, but you know, you you count yourself lucky because the the problems that you have are good problems to have rather than, mm. than bad ones. So, and particularly what we thought might have been ahead in May 20, in March, 2020, um, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for everything that's happened in the last, the last two years now. Brilliant. Look, I think, you know, we love seeing you out and about on a Saturday and um, you love when you're, you're calling auctions. It's always um, enjoyable whether we're bidding or not, just to see how you 
um, you know, build that momentum from the crowd and not only get a great result for the sellers that you represent and the agents that you represent, uh, but you do it in a way that entertains. And I think that's always uh, a great thing and it's a great skill that you have. So congratulations on your success. No wonder you're so busy and working six days a week around the clock. Um, it's not a surprise to us because obviously, you know, we see a lot of auctioneers out there and, um, you know, you're definitely up there as um, one of the most well-respected in the industry. So congratulations and thanks again for joining us today. I appreciate that. I noticed you didn't quite commit to calling me the best, but you said I'm up there. So I guess that's as good as I'll have to take for today. But no, thank you guys. That's very kind of you to say. And, uh, and I very much appreciate uh, the opportunity to have a chat to you, but also the kind words. Cool. Thanks, Justin. It's been really good talking. Mate, I don't mind going to that room to have a chat with you any time. So if we had an auction, we'll we're going to head into a bedroom with you, Scott. It's the favourite part of my Saturday. So there we go. <laughs> take that as you will. Thanks, mate. Look, really appreciate taking the time. I know it's a busy schedule, as you've said. Um, look, if anyone does go to an auction and you're calling, go and have a chat to Justin. Just go and say hello. Um, it's always nice to have a smile as well. So, mate, we'll catch up on a Saturday or, or midweek, wherever it may be. Thanks again for taking the time. I'll let Melinda wrap it up and we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, nice. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Thanks, Cheers. everyone, for joining us again on the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, it's fantastic when people like Justin give up their time to share their intel with us. And um, once again, we really appreciate that. So for anyone that's enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave us a review and also tell your friends and families about this podcast so that they too can benefit from the content that we share. As always, we hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.